Marchessault with three points, including two goals today. He's thinking about another. In front of shot, they score! Marchessault to Yanmark! Empty net goal with a minute to play. 5-2 Golden Knights. Matthias Yanmark, a multi-point performance and his first Golden Knights goal. Kempe dishes in front, another sliding head saved by Fleury, this time to his right. Because one hour isn't enough, we welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Here is a left wing opportunity, Lizada sliding head save, Robin Lerner, what a stop. From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com with your hosts Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Getting it done on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, hour number two of uh, this uh, edition, which celebrates the clinching of a playoff spot for the Golden Knights. If you missed hour number one, uh, check out the podcast because General Manager Kelly McCrimmon joined us to chat about the, the evolution of this team, where they are with the development of players like Matthias uh, Janmark, and also looking ahead to the uh, to the playoffs. So with uh, the schedule that does remain with 10 games left, and uh, boy, the, the season has kind of opened up a little bit. The schedule's opened up a little bit to allow uh, multiple days off between a couple of games, and that wasn't supposed to happen uh, when we uh, when we go back a, a month and a half. So it's uh, it's helped out, and it's going to help out with the rest uh, and the uh, the so, soothe the fatigue factor. Darren Millard, along with Ryan Wallace, this is. Uh, the VGK Insider Show, where we're keeping track of some other action around the National Hockey League and a couple of games for first place. Uh, we also uh, want to dive into uh, some developments and some evolution on the Golden Knights side of things. And last night, uh, Marc-Andre Fleury looked good, didn't he? Like, Marc-Andre Fleury uh, wasn't overwhelmed last night. It was actually kind of a, a weird game because... Uh, Kadishinov at the other end was was peppered with with shots and Flurry would face a flurry here and then uh, uh, multiple shots there and then go long stretches without time. But I thought it was one of his more impressive games uh, of the season last night, given what was at stake, what the potential was uh, on the line, and then uh, obviously the intensity of it. Uh, he even got uh, got a little pushing and shoving and chirping a little bit. Yeah, I, I thought Marc-Andre Fleury was really good. You know, you look at those two goals that uh, San Jose scored and the 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 shot from Hurdle is is just an, an absolute wicked, wicked shot. But Marc-Andre Fleury gets his pad on a high tip from Patrick Marlowe, so does well enough to make that first save. So, you know, I, I thought he moved really well. I thought he was really dialed in. I, I thought Marc-Andre Fleury had a very strong game. And it's not to say that the San Jose Sharks goaltending wasn't uh, wasn't good either. I, I thought Kojanash had a good game, and certainly that first period where you know the Golden Knights were really peppering the net with chance after chance, it could have easily been three, four, nothing going out of that first period uh, for Vegas, or three, four, three or four to one, uh, but it wasn't, and in in large part due to goaltending for San Jose. Kozinash. Yeah, that's that's uh, yep, 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 mm -hmm, yep. That's so, the pronunciation. Yep. It's, uh, and Igor uh, Kozinash is the San Jose goaltender, undrafted. Actually played, I believe he played for Barracuda in the first ever exhibition game at Orleans Arena against the Henderson Silver Knights this year. And 
if memory serves correctly, they uh, they lit him up in the second period uh, of that game. And but because mm-hmm. what what strikes me is uh, uh, I knew uh, of his background, and I, but what I didn't know was you said it Kozanash. Uh, because I was saying a, a totally different name when you look at it. Now, can you bring up the spelling of Igor Kozanosh uh, for people that, yeah. that aren't aware? This is one of those names, ladies and gentlemen. This is uh, where, where we take you behind the curtain and in the world of, of broadcasting. This is a name that when you say it, you don't want to be looking at it. If you look at this name, you will not be able to say Kozanosh. Uh, because it's so far that the actual letters in it are so far from Kozanosh, you your your mind will not allow you to say his name correctly if you're looking at it. If you're watching the play, you can say Kozanosh. But if you're looking at a lineup and you have to say his name, there's not a chance you're going to pronounce it properly. Yes, and it, it's, uh, of course taking me an extra bit of time to pull up the San Jose Sharks roster. So if you will bear with me, I will get that to you. And honestly, it, it's one of those situations where when I saw the name and I was looking at the name and then I was listening to Dan and Gary pronounce it, I'm like, no, that's that's not it. Like, it can't possibly be that. But then I know Dan and Gary, as 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 focused as they are and as professional as they are, it is. That's how you pronounce it. Here is the name. It's Joseph, J-O-S-E-F, Kozhenash, K-O-R-E-N-A-R. So it's Joseph Kozhenash is how you say it. Kozhenash. Yeah, yeah. Kozhenash. And I wrote it down. I... And, and this is just this is conservatively. I wrote it down five different ways as as <laughs> I was listening to the game with with Dave and Shane. And then we go to commercial break. And uh, again, this is sort of talking out of school behind the curtain a little bit. And Shane would say, "How are you saying it, Dave?" And Dave would say it. And and Shane would say, "Well, I thought it was this." You know, it's, it, because it's just such a different name. Kozanosh is how Dave and and Shane uh, settled on it, but. As you're going along, so I would write it one way, and then I would, mm-hmm. and, and then they have uh, uh, Kanisov, right? Um, Nikolai Kanisov, yep. Yeah, and so I would get in my head those two names mixed up, and I would have a different <laughs> name written down. So I just, uh, I just got the Kanisov uh, straight from from the game before because he'd uh, been involved in, in the offense, and then Kozanosh comes in, and Yosef uh, uh, Kozanosh. Uh, it just it it was. I, I swear there were seven minutes of the first period where I was just writing that name down over and over, trying to trying to spell it phonetically, uh, so I could, uh, if I had to, uh, go through it. And then Mark Andre Fleury makes the diving save. I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't have to worry about that guy at the other end anymore. I'm going to be talking about <laughs> uh, the, the, the the VGK netminder. That was a heck of a diving save. Yeah, it's it's a that's a great moment for Noah Gregor. Like he's got all the time in the world, and Mark Andre Fleury just desperation gets back dives and uh, you know makes that big stop. And for me, like that was one of those moments in the game where you start you start thinking about it. You say, okay, the Golden Knights are going to be just fine. They're gonna they're gonna win this game because you get those types of performances from Mark Andre Fleury. You don't really waste them too often. And uh, just a big game, big game, big save, big moment for Fleury. The the goals last night were interesting. Marcia's hands and taking mm-hmm. that puck to the far far side, 
that was quickness that I haven't seen uh, from him in in that area. Like that was that was a gutsy, that was a power move, but a whole lot of skill. And then you talk about power, the Mark Stone sweep. He ha- he took that puck that was uh, a pass by Pacioretty. That w- the pass was harder than any shot uh, that you and I could ever ever make. The pass. And mm-hmm. and somehow Stone takes the pass and wraps it home with just pure force, hammers it home. And Alex Tuck from the side of the net uh, with wonderful conversion uh, from from Shea Theodore. Just the, the, those three those three goals uh, to to give eventually give them the lead there were were very different goals. And Marshall just put his head down for the last. You know, I, I think that it's interesting because you, you look at the Golden Knights and you look at kind of where their offense is coming from lately, and it's all in and around the net. And, and I think that that's kind of one of those things that that I've noticed lately, and, and I see sometimes people say the Golden Knights don't go to that area. They don't score goals from that area, and, and I, I wonder what games we're watching because, for me, the Golden Knights over the last six, seven games have done a really good job of getting inside and getting their offense in and around the net. And I'm liking that layer of the game for the Golden Knights right now. There's a trend in the National Hockey League on power plays to use the area, the space behind the goal line, below the goal line. And uh, Mike Johnson, uh, our friend from the NHL Network, actually did a great breakdown uh, a couple of weeks ago on it, and it was uh, it was really um, interesting because that's a, normally an area that there's there's space there, but you don't think how how can you use it? You're below the goal line, you can't score from there, not traditionally anyway, unless you uh, you bank it in. But the Golden Knights have kind of gone to a hybrid of that. They're not totally below the line with Mark Stone off to the side of the net, mm-hmm. but uh, but they're close enough that uh, that you can drift uh, a little bit and. And then either wrap it home like Stone did uh, a couple of times in the last week, or feed somebody. Uh, in this case, it was Yanmark uh, in the slot area. You can feed uh, that player for for the one timer. But it's it's creating and using the space that's available to your advantage. And I'd never thought of it like that area uh, of the ice that it could be mm-hmm. utilized in any type of uh, offensive strategy. But uh, Steve Spot, Ryan Craig, the coaching staff uh, of the Vegas Golden Knights that work on the power play, uh, have certainly uh, come up with a, with a different uh, approach and, and a unique approach, and it's been highly effective lately. Yeah, and I think you got Mark Stone in in that spot right now for the Golden Knights, and just his his hockey sense, and we've talked about it over the course of the last few days, and his ability to slow the game down, his ability to, to read what is in front of him and where guys are going to be, and then being able to play off of that. And, you know, in, in Mark Stone kind of talking about that goal last night in in Max Pacioretty, you know, really kind of selling that he's going for the shot and and getting the puck down low to Mark Stone and it freezing the goaltender. Then you've got Mark Stone just kind of making the read that the goalie's down, I have a shot at that far post, and making that split-second decision. You have smart hockey players, and uh, it's it, it's just something that I, I, I we're spoiled watching every single time we get to see these guys play. Mark said the goalie bit, Kozanash bit, uh, mm-hmm. on, on the play. I didn't see that. Uh, I think he was being modest. I, I think <laughs> that the play that he made 
goes in on almost any goaltender. It was so fast, so powerful, and then put it just inside the post from such a unique angle. Uh, it was it was impressive uh, to to say the least. It was uh, I. Uh, I didn't see that part coming. Normally it takes a while, like just a, a beat before you can grab the puck and then slam it home. But he was, uh, it was, it was, it was excellent. And, and the Pacioretty, uh feed, uh, that, that probably got uh, a little bit more of uh, the attention of, of the defenseman and the goaltender. Yeah, 100%. And, and again, it, for the Golden Knights, like I, I, I'm just looking for, more consistency in terms of their power play and Mark Stone obviously brought that over the last couple of games and and just as 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 Pete DeBoer said it's it's relaxed right like you've got yep. guys out there that are making plays that are comfortable making plays and and I think it's showing right now in a in a confident group and and it's not to suggest they're going to score on every power play right like that that's not what we're suggesting but in in those key moments those key times in the game in which you need a power play goal the golden knights over the last 3 games have gotten that and they've also scored 9 of their 26 power play goals on the year against the san jose sharks that's that's called having somebody's number or you just have a good matchup uh against somebody uh very effective uh against san jose so take that Put that confidence in your back pocket, and and use it to, going forward against Anaheim and then Colorado and and the, and the rest of the schedule. Oh, so I I don't think it's it should be one where you go eh, you're you're feasting on a team that's not going to make the playoffs. It should be looked at as converting opportunities, getting some confidence, and being able to uh, come up with uh, different angles and different approaches that that you can utilize uh, in the Stanley Cup playoffs. We've we've witnessed uh, a couple of different. Uh, alignments on the power play this year. Mark Stone on the half boards. Max Max Pacioretty on his offside. Now Pacioretty plays majority on his on his uh, traditional wing on the left side and Marcheso plays on the on the other wing. You've got uh, Matthias Janmark playing in the middle in a uh, double bumper scenario where we have two golden knights in front of the net with with Mark Stone down below the crease. It's uh, I like the different looks and I, it may become a point where during the course of a series you might switch alignments like power play to power play depending on what the opposition prepares for and it gives you layers right and that's kind of the big thing is is you have different looks you have different approaches and you can use them in different ways right now though it is the vgk injury report with dr robert odell founder and owner of neuropathy and pain center of las vegas dr odell thank you for joining us here how you doing today i'm doing great thank you what can you tell us what can you tell us what's up today with the practice what are you treating oh we're treating lots of things we were Slam today. I uh, I've treated somebody for we uh, people for neuropathy all the time. Uh, we do back injections. Uh, I, I have a fellow today who might qualify for this new uh, peripheral nerve stimulator that can really be effective. Uh, it's a minimally invasive stimulator. Looks like a worm you put in permanently, and you can get it gets its power from the outside. For people that have peripheral nerve problems, either neuropathically uh, caused or uh, caused by some, like a couple of people with problems in their feet that nobody could figure out or fix. And uh, it's really been a miracle. The newer technology is really helping out a lot. And 
one of the one of my messages for uh, everybody is there is no longer a reason to have a total knee replacement. There are so many things that we can do. By the same token, total hip replacements go really well. They're very less painful than before. But total knees, it's a different story. And and I did see a lady with a total hip uh, with a, who who has a problem with their total hip, and we're actually going to put. Uh, PRP, regenerative medicine, Medicare has a program now where they will pay for flower flow, which is an amniotic fluid product, which can help regenerate some of these uh, tissues where there's only a partial, like, for example, mild to moderate osteoarthritis, not not bone on bone. It also works in the hip. But um, it's been a lot of fun where <laughs> a lot of our folks get better because some of the diagnostic techniques we use, and it's really been an amazing ride. I'm 74, and I just soon... Uh, tires jump off the stratosphere i'm just having too much fun i really am you, you, you know you mentioned kind of diagnostics like what are some of the, the the diagnostics that you would run on on say somebody that's thinking about getting a knee replacement and you're trying to come up with different modalities different ways in which you could help them recover from that injury without surgery well if it's not spine pain we uh, we approach it a little differently than we would do the uh um then we would do spine pain, where we have a, a, a new a test that I helped develop in the middle 90s uh, called NeuralScan, where we test the sensory nerves. And that might be a subject for another another uh, a talk. But for the knee, for example, the knee is innervated by genicular nerves. And the, the innervation of the knee, this is the capsule now, right where it hurts, mm-hmm. we can block those. And if the patient responds to the block, this is if every el- everything else fails, then we can do either a use the nerve stimulator to block it, the peripheral nerve stimulator, or we can actually burn those nerves with a radio frequency device I use on the spine. I have a, a large lesion radio frequency device that works wonderfully. I get them from Canada. I'm one of the few people in the United States using it. It's called the Duros Triton. The needles are very expensive, but I don't care because they work so well. So diagnostically, we do, in, in the knee and elsewhere, we'll do a, a diagnostic block of a peripheral nerve, small amount of local anesthetic, to see if it blocks the pain. And if it does, we can move forward. Um, we do these. Uh, oh, the other thing with the knee, we can also do if there if there are arthritis and it's plenty bad. This is a treatment now, but we use hyaluronic acid or hymovis and uh, one injection uh, uh, once a week, and then repeat the following week, and that adds cushion to the back uh, to the knee. I mean, and then you can actually add flower flow to that a couple weeks later. The literature has shown uh, combination. You, you prepare the knee by putting as great shape as possible with with the uh, with this extra cushion and then you inject the hymo- the uh, the flower flow the amniotic fluid that will actually uh, help the chondrocytes that cells that you know replace the, the fluid of the knee to, to do work even better so there's uh, there's really no need to have a total knee if you have a painful total knee you know what I mean and we can actually help those folks too by doing the same nerve blocks because the nerves are usually not uh, you see this in the in the same spot. The surgeons are careful to disturb as little as they uh, as they have to uh, in these in these, surg- in, in these surgeries, and they're very good at that. But um, twenty twenty percent plus of total knees are painful afterwards. I didn't realize it was that high. So you can actually not just uh, deal with pain, but you can help uh, with the regeneration uh, of of some of the tissue around I, the knee. Yeah, I'm starting to get into regener regenerative medicine now, and I've been fortunate to join up with. With George Cheng Chin, who's written about 120 papers on this subject, we have a, 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 a PRP system we use from Apex, which really separates the cells. I actually had my first patient come back who had a uh, uh, a block. Uh, a, 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 we used 
PRP in her knee, but we don't just put the PRP in. We put some of the other supernatants with, I won't, I'll spare you the technical stuff, but with a pl- leukocyte-poor and leukocyte-rich plasma into the joint and also into, there's little, there's little um, ligaments that actually hold the, the meniscus in place. And a lot of times on ultrasound, you can see that that ligament has been pushed out. I have an ultrasound device called MindRay M51, which allows me to see so much more. It shows the soft tissue. Sometimes it can be a little obscure, and sometimes I might even see Elvis in there, but uh, I've gotten a lot better at it through the years. And this thing also has some magnetic needle tracking technology, so I can actually see the needle right to where I want to put it. And it's been, uh, it's been wonderful. It really is. Uh, it, there's so many things we can do now to help folks uh, uh, that, are, that we didn't have when I was, uh, when I was uh, uh, younger in my career when I just did anesthesia. It's just been amazing. A lot of fun, too. Really a lot of fun. And I guess, I guess that the, the, is that just kind of the next step? Like obviously in, in managing and, and dealing with pain, but then kind of getting into regenerative, regenerative stuff, is that just kind of why you went down that direction or how did you kind of get there from where you've been? Well, I was an anesthesiologist. I like to do regional blocks. So I naturally morphed into pain medicine. I didn't take a fellowship in 1982 when I finished my residency because they didn't have them then. They had a few in cardiac and peds and all that stuff, but I, I uh, had to kind of kind of take the weekend courses with ISIS, not not the terrorists, but the International Spine Intervention Society, beginning in 2001, and now I've, I'm board certified by two other agencies, uh, Fellowship uh, of, of uh, Interventional Pain Physicians, which is the World Institute of Pain, and the uh, the American uh, the American uh, um, uh, <laughs> blanking on the, the uh, American Board of Pain Medicine, which is actually the American Academy of, of Pain Medicine. And, uh, and as through, you know, the weekend courses, just the years and years of experience, I pretty much can put a needle anywhere. I don't do intrathecal pumps, you know, uh, pain pumps, although I have a colleague who does. The reason I don't do them is being married once, you know, kind of is enough. But uh, <laughs> he, he's very good at it, so I refer my patients to him. But you know that... Uh, for spinal stenosis, they even have something, a little implant you can put in. I have a colleague on the other side of town, David Smith, who was superb at putting these things in. Uh, my dad had stenosis long, many years ago. He had to have a total roofing. This is before I even knew what spinal stenosis was. And, uh, uh, you know, it worked for him, but, uh, but uh, there's just so many better, uh, less invasive techniques now. And to answer your question, uh, lately, Regen Medicine has come out. I'm kind of a com- uh, Johnny Tomlingo that, but... This lady came back, and it was wonderful. She's almost completely better. Um, we did the, uh, the, the, the procedure, as George taught me, and she's like 80% better, which is terrific. She had a torn meniscus uh, uh, for a, uh, uh, from a car accident, I think. And uh, I, I will want to add something really interesting. Uh, they are thinking now that regenerative medicine, PRP, is probably better than knee arthroscope, knee scope. That you do the regen medicine first, can you can repair the meniscus without somebody going in there and scoping it? There's other indications of of the rise of regen medicine. I think when I don't know how old you guys are when you're my age. I think between electricity, the synexis we use, which I could talk about another time. Which, by the way, I'd love to get into the training room of the uh, the knights. Um, uh, the synexis device, which is I was just on for shoulder problem and and, and a carpal tunnel. Um, that and regen medicine is really going to change uh, how people. Um, how people, uh, the quality of lives and even the length of their lives in many cases. The, the, uh, the prospects are exciting. Things are becoming less invasive. I hope the government doesn't continue to screw things up with their ridiculous insurance system, but that's another subject of another, uh, 
the lecture. I just well, let 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 us take care of these people, and you know, I wish we could go to a fair market fair marketplace. You know, right now we're not. We're in a rigged system where the government sets prices, which is really sad. But you know, is what it is. At least at least we don't have rationing yet. Uh, PRP is fascinating. I'd love to get into it uh, next time we talk a little bit more about uh, about that. But Dr. Odell, uh, really appreciate your time and uh, have a great week. Oh, by the way, uh, Marsha Show and the backup goalie both live in my complex. Oh, really? Yeah, Marsha Show was skating around before the season with his shirt off. My wife says, and he was skating on roller skates on the cement, going as fast as on the ice. And she really, she really enjoyed that. He, she had a shirt off. And then every time he goes and plays tennis down there, he says the girls all happen to congregate. So that's pretty funny. Uh, he's uh, <laughs> he's a beauty. We we loved our Jonathan Marsha. So, uh, Doctor, uh, I, Del- I I, I got to meet him. Yeah, I got to meet him and and his colleague. Uh, I have trains in my backyard, and if they have kids, I know they'd love to uh, see him. I got those little LGB trains running around, and uh, <laughs> it's kind of fun. Uh, be well, anyway, my friend. I will. Thank you, guys. Doctor Odell, here on. Uh, Fox Sports Las Vegas. This is the VGK Insider Show. One-timers are coming up next. But now we are going to give something away. Caller number seven, you get a haircut, hot lather, neck shave, and shoulder massage, plus a free massage shampoo from Floyd's 99 Cuts and Color. 702-876-1340, caller number seven, you've won a free haircut from Floyd's 99 Cut and Color with two locations in Henderson and Stephanie or I'm sorry, Henderson at Stephanie and Sunset and South Rainbow and the 215. Sharks in the offensive zone right wing. Gambrell put it toward the net. Out in front, Theodore. Now it's a diving stop by Flurry. Oh, my goodness. Noah Gregor at a wide-open cage. Flurry somehow reacted, dove back to his left, got there just in the nick of time like he teleported. Brought to the near wing. Big shot, he scores! It's time for one-timers. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day. And it's a tie hockey game. On the VGK Insider Show. That was one of the saves of the night. And uh, in a normal season, when you don't have a goaltender named Marc-Andre Fleury, it might be the save of the year. But Fleury seems to do one of those, uh, come up with one of those. uh, Desperation uh, with brilliant uh, results every couple of games and that was the call from Dan Duva on the VGK radio network as the Golden Knights get past the San Jose Sharks 7 and 0 against the rivals this year something crazy like 15 1 and 3 during the regular season head to head between the two franchises uh, Jonathan Marshall was uh, when he had a shirt on doing the zoom yesterday not shirt off skating around uh, Dr. Odell's complex uh, was talking about how they played them 140 times. Just feels like that. 19 times uh, during the regular season, and 15-1 and three is the domination. Uh, looking forward to uh, the conclusion of that series on May the 12th. Uh, that'll be the conclusion of an eight-game set head-to-head between the Golden Knights and the San Jose Sharks. Are you guys like done with some of these teams? Are you ready to move on? Yep. Okay. It'd be kind of funny if they yep. went eight and zero against the Sharks. It, it would, like, but I asked that question because the Winnipeg Jets and Toronto Maple Leafs are playing tonight, and I was going through through the season series between the two of them. This is the eighth time that they're meeting, and it's the two top teams in the, the North Division, and the Golden or sorry, the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs lead the series four games to three. 
this is not the end of the series. They play two more times. I forgot <laughs> that, that that some of the Canadian teams are playing each other ten times. Oof. Ten times. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll say it like this: um, if you know, like, I'm glad that that it's wrapping up against Anaheim on on Saturday. I'm glad there's just one more game against the the San Jose Sharks. I am very much curious about the two games left against Colorado and the two games left against Minnesota. Everything else, I'm not like super. Um, I'm not super focused in on it. If that makes any sense. What do you think the the third round of the the Stanley Cup semifinals will be like? When teams get to play somebody else for the first time in a year. Everyone's going to look like Matthias Janmark did when he made his debut for the yes. Golden Knights. Just, just out of a cannon, ready to go, something to extra well, jump. Uh, yeah. Nick Foligno is feeling that right now because he is making his Maple Leaf debut uh, for okay. the Toronto Maple Leafs against the Winnipeg Jets. And that's an interesting one. Uh, because of the storyline and the history of Nick Foligno, whose dad played for the Toronto Maple Leafs in the uh, early 90s, went to a, a conference final with the Toronto Maple Leafs wearing number 71, which Nick wears uh, tonight. Uh, says he's probably not going to do the Foligno leap. But there was a little tie-in with his dad, Mike Foligno. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When Nick met with the media today on a Zoom conference, he wore a, a mid-90s era starter ball cap that his dad uh, had from, from way back when, when the Leafs uh, had their run in 1993. So kind of cool that uh, that Nick brings it full circle, uh, wearing that number 71 and, and meeting the media with a little throwback bucket. Yeah, it was, it was fantastic. And all I can really say is hats just looked better in the early 90s. Yeah, no, no flat brim hats. Yeah, no, it, it was a solid, solid hat. Like, I give it a I give it a solid eight out of ten, and you know maybe you you bump it up to like an eight and a half or nine out of ten because of nostalgia and and just that it was his dad's. But that's a, a beautiful looking hat and much better than anything we have these days. You guys uh, ever have the old starter jackets? Oh yeah, absolutely. On. Yeah, of course I did. You would yeah. be shocked if I told you which one I had. Uh, I don't think anything yeah. shocks me. I had, Rangers one? I had a Toronto Blue Jays starter jacket. Oh, good for you. Yeah, yeah. Why? Uh, well, because I, I like the logo. I, I was always a big fan of the logo, but the Blue Jays were also my Little League team, so I thought it was kind of cool to uh -huh. have a, a Blue Jays starter. So when it's cold and early spring in New Jersey and you're playing Little League, I could wear it on the base path or I can wear it warming up. And Oh, you wanted to look cool. I looked cool, yeah. That's yeah, exactly it. That's I was like Cito Gaston out there. That's what you were doing. You were trying to look cool like you were Todd Stoudemire <laughs> on the base paths with your jacket on. Absolutely. And then you slide, then you slide into third base and you, you just rake your face on the infield and you get up bleeding all over the place like Todd Stoudemire did. <laughs> <laughs> you guys used two names, and I got zero references. John Olerud? Isn't no Todd Stoudemire? No. He's got a UNLV connection, actually. Todd Stoudemire I, does? Yeah, I think I Todd. I didn't always live in it, Vegas, Chris. It might be Mel Stoudemire. One of the Stoudemires, I think he actually, I think it was Todd. Well, Mel was his dad. Yeah, I think I think Todd Stoudemire played at UNLV. Uh, Maple Leafs still do lead the Jets 4-3. There was three goals scored in the first three minutes of that game. Uh, <laughs> those are the top two teams in the North. Other games of significance tonight. Capitals Islanders, a game for first place in the East, and then the Carolina Hurricanes and the Florida Panthers.
for first place in the Central. We like we're down the stretch here, two and a half weeks to go, and the Carolina Hurricanes and the Florida Panthers are playing for first place in a division. I did not see that happening. I mean, I imagine that Carolina would be here. I'm very much surprised that the Florida Panthers are here. But, you know, you you can't really deny what Florida's been able to do this season. They've been very good and been very good all season in and around that top spot all year long. So uh, good for them. And it's it's kind of interesting when you pull up the standings and you go to the Central Division to see Tampa Bay in third place. Now, only by a small margin, but you're sure. right. There's a possibility that Tampa could finish third and still only be two points out of first place in the Central Division. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's what. What do you think the biggest reason the Florida Panthers are challenging for first place is? Um, you know, I I I don't know. I I. Coaching? I think that coaching has a lot to do with it. I think Joel Quinville just kind of knows how to get the most out of his players. And and I think you brought in some guys that, that you know, know how to win. And, and I think of, you know, Patrick Hornquist, number one, is just one of those guys that's been around winning organizations. And, one of my favorite players in the, in the past. And, and he just brings it night in and night out. And I, I think that, you know, you, you kind of look at some of the other players. You, you bring in Anthony Duclair, Car, uh, Carter Verhage kind of, just really takes a neck another step and, and granted out of the lineup because of injury but again I think you're just kind of getting contributions and then you've got Barkoff and, and, and Huberto who have been underrated for a very long time and just continue to go about their business and continue to find ways to win Barkoff scored his 20th tonight good hockey player uh, I don't know whether it's it's finding value like the way the Golden Knights have with Chandler Stevenson yeah. Or Matthias Janmark, or Nick Waugh, or it's coaching and the influence that uh, that somebody like Joel Quenville has had on that core that has underperformed. Those are good hockey players on that team, but they've never been able to to put it together and challenge. Last year, you might say goaltending let them down in the first year of Sergei Bobrovsky's uh, campaign. This time, it just feel it's all coming together, and I wouldn't sleep on the Florida Panthers. I don't know which team is the best in that division. I have trouble going against the Tampa Bay Lightning, and that's they're, they're the champions, but I also think they're the best team. Uh, sure. When, when you've got Kucherov in the playoffs and you've got Steven Stamkos back healthy, they're, they're without two Hall of Famers right now uh, and a big part of, the, part of that group. Uh, I, I still have trouble going against the Tampa Bay Lightning coming out of that group. Maybe maybe one of the best collection of coaches, though, in, in the National Hockey League between Rod Brindamore, Joel Quenville, yeah. and John Cooper. Yeah, I don't think you're wrong there. Really impressive. Dallas Stars playing mm-hmm. the Detroit Red Wings. They're yeah. back in it, but are losing to the Detroit Red Wings tonight 3-1. If you lose to the Detroit Red Wings at all down the stretch, should you automatically be eliminated from playoff contention? No, because Dallas is my team. Like, they're the ones I'm... They're the team that I expect to be in that four spot. So, no, uh, selfishly. Red Wings have scored 
four goals on 12 shots tonight. Mm, I don't want to hear that. Bizarre. I don't hear that. Can you imagine yeah. if that, and it's going to happen where where somebody's going to get just just stomped on by a spoiler, and this this could be it because Dallas has worked their way right back into consideration, two points out of a playoff spot behind the Nashville Predators, and and then this happens, and they have 11 games to go. It's it, One game's not going to ruin it for everything. Uh, they also have three games at hand on, on the Nashville Predators, which is huge, but you waste one of those against the Detroit Red Wings and a loss. That is, uh, that's ugly when you're, uh, yeah. when you're looking at your potential of, of trying to make it happen. Listen, there's still 33 minutes left in this game. I have hope. Uh, Tyler Bertuzzi out for the rest of the season for the Detroit Red Wings as uh, some players are starting to shut it down for the rest of the season. Uh, Ryan Hartman of the Minnesota Wild signs a three-year contract worth $5.1 million. He's a player I really like. He's got some, well, one, some of the best flow in the National uh-huh. Hockey League. Uh, number two, he's a hard difficult pain in the ass to play against yeah yeah he's uh, a thorn for sure 26 year old feels like he's been around longer than that uh broke in with the chicago blackhawks and kind of made his way as a mucker and a, and a disturber and a fighter but he's he's got some skills so minnesota kind of putting their team together as it as it goes through uh the process of being in it they're kind of just there right now Colorado's getting all the attention because they're coming back. Uh, Vegas has won eight in a row. Uh, I'm I'm curious, fascinated. Uh, I don't know. Uh, really unsure of where the Minnesota Wild are going to finish this season. What what we're going to remember the Minnesota Wild? Are they going to make noise in the Stanley Cup playoffs, or will it just be a great regular season that they can build on? Yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, you you have to factor in that that Minnesota is going to have to face one of Colorado or Vegas, and that's a tough matchup, no matter who you are and, and no matter what year it is. The good old young rookie there scored his nineteenth mm-hmm. goal of the season last night, set a new uh, team record. Yeah, he's good. Kirill Kaprizov. What do you call him? Dollar Bill Kirill. Dollar Dollar Bill Kirill. Dollar Bill Kirill. Yep. Uh, there it is. Billy Garen likes uh, Kirill the Thrill. You know why? That's a good one. No, why? Because if you start calling him Dollar Bill Kirill, it's going to drive his price <laughs> up. That's why the general I think manager. <laughs> that's why the general manager will go with Kirill the Thrill over Dollar Bill Kirill. <laughs> I, I, are, think, I think. I think. I think he doesn't have a. He doesn't have an option there. The price tag's going up. Yeah, it's. Uh, he's going to have to pay. Uh, we have another giveaway. We are going to give away another haircut caller, number five. You get a haircut, hot lather, neck shave, and shoulder massage, plus a free massage shampoo from Floyd's 99 Cuts and Color. 702-876-1340, caller number five. You've won a free haircut from Floyd's 99 Cut and Color with two locations in Henderson at Stephanie and Sunset and South Rainbow at the 215. Back on the VGK Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Uh, just a couple of seconds left for catching up with Chapman. Okay, guys. Well, if you're heading out to go see the Henderson Silver Knights take on the Bakersfield Condors tonight, there may be a name on the Condors that old-school Vegas fans are familiar with. A couple weeks ago, uh, when they were playing the Bakersfield Condors, I heard the name Adam Cracknell, and I thought it was former 
Las Vegas Wrangler, Adam Cracknall's son. No, it turns out it's the Adam Cracknall who scored 29 goals for the Wranglers back in 2007-2008. He's returning to the Orleans Arena tonight. Actually played with Mike McKenna the season before. Kind of cool. Must be old then, right? <laughs> I don't. I, you said it, not me. Ooh, nah, McKenna's in great shape. He's awesome. He's. Uh, he, I wish I would look uh, and had my body in shape like that. Uh, thanks to everybody for joining us, Jackie, Kelly, and you, the audience, on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Mm-hmm.